Hello and welcome to Shepherd's Fold Ministries. We're glad that you have joined us for today's Encouragement Podcast Series. Today we have a special guest, and that is Michael Johnson. Michael is a good friend of mine. I've known him for many years. Michael, when I think about you, I think of an encourager. I think of someone who not only are you a constant source of encouragement in my life, but your parents are and have been, your in-laws are and have been, your brother is and has been, and so you come from a family that has made a tremendous impact on my life. I know you behind the scenes uh, to be such a a great person of integrity and encouragement. And so it's my privilege to welcome you as our special guest today. It's my great honor, Brent. Uh, And uh, let me just say how much I appreciate what you are doing through Shepherd's Fold to uh, keep the heart of a pastor, whether currently engaged in daily ministry or even those of your listeners who are are retired. I love those who have given themselves to the cause of Christ through uh, ministry, uh, particularly within the local church. And so it's a great honor for me to be on your program. Well, it's our honor as well. Thank you, Michael, for being our special guest today. One of the things that you're referring to is a study that we commissioned for ministers of all denominations of the Christian faith, ages 65 and older, to find out how we can best impact their well-being, and then working our way backwards to ministers of all ages of the gospel and helping them prepare for a long-term lifetime ministry for God and His kingdom. With that in mind today, Michael, for our listeners who may not know much about you, can you give us just a quick summary of who you are and what you do? Absolutely. I literally have very little memory, uh, especially as a youngster, outside uh, the work of God through um, through the ministry of people who would stand before a congregation and proclaim the word of the Lord. Starting by the time I was about a year old, I guess, when my dad took his first church, we lived next door to the church. I mean, we ate, slept, and drank the ministry of the church in in many ways. And so while I have been um, involved in lay ministry, it has always been with the knowledge of and a heart for the work of God-called ministers. Uh, in fact, my brother, whom you mentioned, three and a half years younger than myself, is uh, is district superintendent for the Church of the Nazarene in South Texas. So um, all of, almost all of the men folk in our family uh, have been ordained ministers. As a layperson, Brent, I have felt a special calling to be a supporter of and an encourager of those who are leading congregations or who are engaged in special ministries like evangelism and other uh, outlets. So I did attend uh, Trebekah Nazarene University in Nashville, Tennessee, and have ended up working there. Um, I have bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees from Trebekah, each uh, spaced about 20 years apart in completion. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do in my early 80s for another degree from Trebekah. I'm actually kidding about that. I have no intention of doing another degree program at this point. I currently work in a role that is both focused on alumni relationships and also church relations, where I attempt to be of support to our uh, church network throughout the southeastern part of the United States. 
Well, you do a wonderful job there, Michael, and we all appreciate the work that you do. And with your love for Christ and His church, how would you respond to this question? Why are ministers important? Um, I think it's a it's a simple question with deep implications. When we look at the body of Christ, we we recognize that we are one body but many members, and and there are so many different scriptural contexts where we're reminded that God has unique callings for each of us. We're all called to minister. We're all called, uh, regardless of vocation, to be an extension of the love and care of Christ. But, you know, Paul, I believe it was, reminded us that to some we're called to be pastors, some evangelists, some teachers. We we learn about calling uh, in different ways. And a pastor, a, a preacher, a proclaimer of the word, I believe when they are truly called of God, is gifted in a way to speak to the people of God in a way that is different and and unique and empowered by the Spirit in a different way than just someone who's involved in casual conversation with someone. So I, I'm a big believer in, in the fact that God does still call people to the pastoral ministry uh, and and gives gifts and graces to people to do that special kind of work. I have been told um, of research that shows of, of the stress-related industries in, in this world that, at least in America, a survey was done that the most stress-filled job was to be president of the United States. The second most stressful job would be to be the president of a Christian college or university. And third is to be the pastor of a local church. And it strikes me that that when you look at people who are involved in such ministry-related efforts as Christian colleges and pulpits in a local church, there's such a high demand on place on those people. And the people who hear from these types of leaders need to have people that they know who have heard from the Lord. So I, I know that it's a highly stressful position to be in, but in my view, there's no more uh, significant position that one could hold than to stand before a group of people and proclaim the word of the Lord and, and to, with integrity, be able to, to be an agent of grace and truth in the lives of people in a time when so much seems to be shifting and seems to be so pliable and malleable. We still need people who can proclaim the truth of who God is and do it in such an encouraging and enticing way that people are still uh, one to the saving uh, grace of, of, of Jesus. What a great answer, Michael. And as I hear you with that great content, I also hear in your voice, and it brings to mind a whole series of actions that I have seen you take throughout your life of 
forms of encouragement for people. I can think of a time a couple years ago, for example, in which there was a string of unfortunate situations in which ministers had felt like the best alternative for themselves was to bring their life on earth to a close. You posted on social media that if there was anyone in need for them to be able to contact you to find a word of encouragement, I was inspired by that. And that leads me to my next question for you, Michael, and that is this. Why should ministers keep going and not give up? Here's what I would want your listeners to hear in this moment if they're discouraged, if they're wondering whether it's worth it. First of all, I just want them to know they're not alone, and here's here's why I believe that. Hebrews 10, 21, we have a great high priest who is in charge of God's house. So let's come near God with pure hearts and a confidence that comes from having faith. Let's keep our hearts pure, our consciences free from evil, and our bodies washed with clean water. We must hold tightly to the hope we say is ours. After all, we can trust the one who made the agreement with us. We should keep on encouraging each other to be thoughtful and to do helpful things. Some people have given up the habit of meeting for worship, but we must not do that. We should keep on encouraging each other, especially since you know that the day of the Lord's coming is getting closer. I believe with all my heart, Brent, that the enemy of our soul and the enemy of our church, uh, Universal, is feeling maybe like he's got us on the run. But I believe that truly we can overcome uh, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and keeping one another encouraged that we're not having to do this by ourselves. We do have a great high priest who's actually in charge of this whole thing. It's not all on us. It's on it's on the one who has called us. And if we'll be faithful and, and not give up at, at just the right time, God's, God's going to help us reap a harvest. And, and I think it's incumbent upon all of us to encourage each other with these words. And uh, so that's that's what uh, a major goal of mine continues to be, that I could be a word of encouragement in the lives of any pastor. And I would say this again, just to echo, uh, thank you for reminding me of that, that post I made a, a while back. I, I would want any of your listeners to know that they can they can reach out to me and I've told people before, if, if you're down and you just need somebody to tell you it's going to be okay, even if I don't know you well, I'll be happy to, to pass that word along to you uh, because I believe there's something powerful in saying good and encouraging words to each other. Yes, yes, and you've certainly done that for us today, Michael. As we prepare to bring today's podcast to a close, is there a final word of encouragement that you'd like to bring to our listeners today? Uh, I have a very good friend who's in ministry down in Estill Springs, Tennessee. His name is Matt Hastings, and I've never asked Matt if this was original with him or not, but it's something that I really believe in. I've heard him say it quite often, and and it's, it's this simple phrase, you're doing better than you think you are. And I want your listeners to know that, that even in those moments where you wonder whether you're making a difference or not, I'm telling you, you've made a positive difference in the lives of people you may not know about, as cliche as it sounds, until you get to heaven. But keep doing the right thing for the right reasons, and God will uh, make it make it plain in due time that you're doing better than you think you are. 
Amen, amen. Well, Michael, thank you for being our special guest today. Listeners, you can learn more about Shepherd's Fold at shepherdsfoldministries.com. Thanks for tuning in, and may you continue to be encouraged as you live your life for him.